Uh, we'll keep hearing from uh, from Laker fans till ten o'clock tonight. Uh, Tony in Whittier. Tony, you're on seven ten ESPN. Go ahead, Tony. Hello. Yes. Uh, at first, you know, I, I didn't want to believe it. I was in denial. Um, it hit me hard. It, it, this is this is such a loss, not only to myself, my family. My mom called me crying. It's just a sad day. I really don't know what to say, but thank you for being on the radio and talking about the Mamba. That's all I have to say. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Appreciate you calling in, Tony. Um, trust me, nobody nobody wants to be here under these circumstances, and I'm sure a lot of um, you know a lot of people that are trying to remember Kobe Bryant. You don't want to be calling in uh, today and remembering it under these circumstances. So. It's difficult for everybody, um, you know, from Mason and the Cambroads uh, who were on a little bit earlier to uh, uh, Travis and LZ, um, everybody here in the studio. You know, nobody, nobody thought this circumstance would be playing out, obviously, and uh, we're all shocked by it. I uh, was walking around LA Live a couple hours ago, and it's, um, you know, it's unreal, first of all. It was uh, it was beautiful in a way to just see all these Laker fans that came out. They're in LA Live across the street from Staples Center, and they're paying their respect and they're paying their tribute. And um, every LED board that's in um, LA Live right now, uh, you know, says in loving memory of Kobe Bryant, and it is uh, surreal to be walking past that and to be looking at it. You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, and I know a lot of people on Twitter have kind of said similar things to see R.I.P. in front of Kobe's name or to see, um, you know, the year he was born and the year that he passed, the date. But none of it makes any sense. So uh, it's an incredibly, incredibly difficult day. And, um, again, I, I'll, I've said it and I will continue to say it. Our deepest, deepest condolences to every family member that's involved in uh, in uh, today's uh, helicopter crash a little bit earlier today. So our deepest condolences. Um, Sean in Orange County. Sean, you're on uh, 710 ESPN. Hey, Alan. Thanks. Uh, this is the first time ever I have called. Uh, obviously, it's such a sad day. Mm-hmm. But wanted to share something. been to many, many Laker games. But a while back, I took my boys for the very first game. Mind hmm. you, that I never been to a Lakers game where Lakers lost. But that day, when we were against Utah, Kobe had one of his worst shooting nights, mm-hmm. three of seventeen, mm-hmm. and I was mortified, thinking that you know, man, what a way to you know put this. Brandish this memory mm-hmm. of Kobe, the pillar that I love and my kids love, to the memory. And after the game was over, and I turned around, hor- I mean, I didn't even want to look at them. And they said, Dad, what a great game. Kobe is so <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And a few days, a few games later, Kobe had one of the worst shooting nights. It was one for 20. That's what I think the worst shooting night of his career. Mm-hmm. And then the day after that, somebody asked him, 
what would you have done? And what 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 you feel? What was your regret? And he goes, well, he goes, I didn't get to shoot one more shot because I would have made it to four twenty one. So until this morning, when I was jetting with my son to his basketball game around ten o'clock, and we got there, and after the game was oh, no, over, and we heard this news in, in a literary sports center, and the entire crowd was just distraught. Hmm. You know, coming back, you know, one thing my son said, hey, you know what? Here's what I'm gonna do, do, do today. I'm gonna go to the gym right now, and I'm gonna do some extra shots up today. Hmm. I said, why, son? He goes, well, but that's what Kobe Bryant is all about. Outwork everybody else. I got a feeling, that. Sean. I got a feeling that that's going to be uh, that's going to be what a lot of people say, um, and they were saying it already before because that's what Kobe would do. That's the Mamba mentality. Um, you know that legacy is not going anywhere, and it is. Uh, that's a great story to tell because that was Kobe's mentality. Um, Kobe's mentality was, and, and this is this, these are not the examples that I want to give. But I'm just giving it because it's a basketball analogy that you were making. That was Kobe's mentality. I missed ten in a row. Sounds good. You know what's happened on the you know what's happening on the eleventh one. It's going in. That was the confidence Kobe Bryant had in, uh, in himself. And that's a different type of mentality. And that goes so much further than basketball. I don't want to make comparisons. Um, you know, tonight about basketball. We've talked a lot about what Kobe has meant for the Los Angeles Laker fans and what he's accomplished in the purple and gold. But it goes so much further than basketball. And the stories that all you guys are telling, I mean, they're beautiful stories. I genuinely enjoy and I appreciate listening to these because I'm sure there's a ton of callers right now that have memories in their own lives. Um, Kobe had some type of an impact. Here's Zion Williamson of the... uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, talking about Kobe. Kobe meant a lot to me growing up. Uh, I had both jerseys, 8 and 24 growing up. Um, no, I feel like I studied his footwork games because I respected his, I think, his top two of all time. But, I mean, that's tough, man. You know, I was on the way to the arena when I got the news. Um, you know, I just sent my prayers to his family. Um, you know, you just hate to see what happened to him and his daughter. Um, you just hope the world will give the Bryant family all the support they need. Was it difficult for me out here to play today because of the news? At first, it was a little difficult. Couldn't focus at first. Um, you know, one of the greatest taken away from us too soon. Um, but his impact will forever be a part of this game. Uh, he's a legend. Legends never die. So, I mean, he will forever be remembered. No, I never had a chance to meet Kobe. Denzel in Compton, you're on 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Denzel. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Tough day, my man. I'm sure tough for uh, yourself as well and uh, a lot of people out there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough a tough pill um, to swallow. Um, I'm going to keep it short. Um, you know, Kobe meant a lot to me. You know, I know he meant a lot to others. Um, he was a, a L.A. legend, a Laker legend. Um, you know, just everything he put in for the game, you know, you, you get what you put in. You know, he, he, he a champion, a role model, you know, uh, you know, a creator with shoes, you know, with the, with, you know, with his little stories, you know, his, mm-hmm. his channel that he got on YouTube. You know, Kobe, 
Kobe done a lot of things, you know. Um, I'm gonna remember him for so many memories, you know, with the the buzzer beaters, the the crazy, you know, crossovers, the the championship, the parades, you know, everything. He was everything to to, to all of us Los Angeles uh, natives, you know. Um, I got a chance to go to the the memorial, you know, at LA Live, and just the energy um, that was there, you know, with the like you said, with the LED, with the the you know, the memory, I'm sorry, I'm lost for words, but, you know, all that stuff, you know, just the crowd, just the energy, everybody there was just, it was, it was great, you know, just to, you know, see people still smile through, you know, the tragedy that happened today, you know, all of us as a Laker family was able to come as a collective group and just, you know, just remember Kobe and just share our thoughts, you know, so that was it's an awesome feeling, man, and he just, uh, you know, going to love and miss Kobe, thank him for everything that he done for for me as a man, you know, just as a basketball fan. Thank you, Kobe. Denzel, appreciate that. Uh, appreciate you sharing that story. Uh, 877-710-ESPN. If you guys want to be a, a part of uh, the show tonight, we'll go till 10 o'clock tonight. Um, and this will be the theme. The theme is um, feel free to call in anytime you guys want. And uh, uh, any topic that you want to hit on, obviously, around Kobe Bryant and what – he meant to you his impact um, or memories that you have or whatever the case is. Um, you know, when Denzel's telling that story and he's talking about how he was here in L.A. Live, um, he's mentioning the energy and how people were um, united, I guess you can say. Uh, to me, I, I think it's still uh, it's such a shocking, you know, you almost got to kind of remind yourself of what's happening because you're trying to figure out, when I found out earlier today, none of it made sense. When I came down here to the radio station, none of it made sense. As I sit here right now, behind the mic, none of it makes sense. Literally, none of it makes sense. Um, and it probably won't make sense for a while um, to kind of put this, uh, uh, try to have an understanding of uh, what took place earlier today. Uh, Meta World Peace on Kobe Bryant. Man, yo, shout out to Kobe. <clears throat> Miss you, homie. Shout out to Gigi. R.I.P. It's kind of crazy. We gonna live as long as we, as long as we here. Condolences to the family, Vanessa and the babies, it's moms and pops. Greg in L.A., you're on uh, 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'd be a little remiss. I wanted to give my quick Kobe story. Um, I'm five years older than the great Kobe, mm-hmm. and back in the day, they used to have the Summer League in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to be friends with a few pro athletes, and I heard about the rookie we were getting. So I'm down in the tunnel, and I see this, you know, kid – and I was teasing him at the time. I said, ah, oh, you took Brandy to the prom. And he was, like, laughing. And I said, man, you know we're expecting a lot. Better show out. And he was laughing, and his dad was with him. He says, well, hey, this is my dad. You know, and I'm like, how you doing, sir? And um, I just remember the energy that anybody would have, like we're seeing this young high school kid, and we're expecting, you know, you know, we didn't quite know because at the time, the Flighty Divac didn't want to go. I mean, L.A. knew what it was. We just didn't know about this kid. I just think he was humble and ready to play. He he put up like 20 points. This is in the summer league. This is before the debut of being a you know the pro that we got to see. And I just remember the 
the, the demeanor and the way he was. And um, I know L.A. is going through a hard time. Uh, the great one's always hard to get over, especially in the nature of how this happened. But all things being said, it was an honor and a privilege. But it's just, you know, it's just sad that they had to come to this. Just hope we all pull through this. Great. Appreciate, appreciate you calling in. Thank you for calling in. Um, Bill Plaschke for the L.A. Times, been writing since 1987 for the L.A. Times, has covered every athlete you could think of here in Los Angeles. And, um, Bill, appreciate you uh, hopping on 710 ESPN. I know under these circumstances, not uh, not a circumstance any of us would, uh, would prefer to be having this conversation, but... Um, uh, just give us your thoughts on the day, and uh, I know you have an article right now in the LA Times. If you could tell us a little bit about it, yeah, I just uh, it posted several hours ago. That's how messed up I am. I post, I wrote it, and it, it posted, and I didn't even tweet it out till about five minutes ago. Mm. I'm just a wreck. Um, but I'm sure everybody who's called this show is a wreck. I mean, I was I covered Kobe. He um, started his NBA career in LA in 96 about two months before I began writing my column for the LA times. So we kind of grew up together out here in my, me and my profession, him and his personal life. And, um, we've been up and down and we've sparred and hugged and fought and glared at each other and, and laughed with each other. We've, we've done everything for the last 20 years, about 20, now 25 years. Nobody's ever consuming. He's such an all consuming athlete. Um, he was such a, and I think everybody in town feels like they know him. Everybody in town feels like he was part of them. Even if they, even if it, what gets me, Alan, is even if you didn't like him. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, a lot, a lot of people who didn't didn't like him, um, they were touched by him and moved by him, by his will, by his mamba mentality, mm-hmm. and by his honesty, you know, about his will. You know, he didn't apologize for anything. So I just think a big part of the heart of the city has been just cut out today. Just, just devastating. And he's rare. I mean, he is the most, if you think about, if you look at the social media numbers and all that stuff that's happened in recent years, you can say, arguably, he's the most famous athlete in, in Los Angeles history, mm-hmm. probably. And maybe the most celebrated figure in LA, uh, you know, at the time of his death. I mean, everybody feels like they were, they had been moved by him. And to have it happen, I see, I thought, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a naive idiot, but I, was, I thought he was invincible. Mm-hmm. I thought, Mamba's not going to die. Mamba's don't die. That doesn't happen. Kobe's going to live till he's 70. You know, he never, Alan, you know, he never got to see, he and I talked about this. I I did, I think, the last interview with him, uh, or one of them. Last week, we talked on the phone for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we laughed and talked about old times, all that stuff. And I brought up the thing about statues. You know, and I said, it's just, it's, when are you going to put a damn statue of you? And he says, well, we're talking about it, but I don't care. It's just, I said, just put it up and I'll show up. <laughs> he never got to see a statue. He never got to, he never got to get inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And, you know, of course, big, more important than that, than all of that, is I never got to walk his daughters down the aisle to weddings for the four girls. It's just beyond speakable, it's unspeakable tragedy. And it just shows the impact he had on so many lives here. You know, and uh, whether, again, not everybody agreed with everything he did, but everybody respected, I think, the honesty in which he carried out what he did. No, look, I, I think that's the best way to put it, and I think that's been a lot of the conversation today. Um, Kobe was his own uh, his own man. He was going to do things his way. But the one thing that you always knew from Kobe is 
He was never going to shortchange uh, coming to the office, coming into work. And Bill, for the amount of experience you have in just covering athletes and obviously being around these teams and everything else, um, fan bases, the ultimate respect is, um, i use Kobe as a great example, a lot of places that he'd go to, uh, whether they were booing for Kobe or they were cheering for Kobe, they all respected him. You know, and, and Kobe was one of those athletes that you felt like no matter what happened, he wanted it more than you did. And for for somebody who grew up a Los Angeles Laker fan, that's what you appreciated so much from him is, wait a minute, does this guy want to win more than I want? To? I'm the fan, not you. You're not supposed to want to win more than I. You know, it, that's it's almost uh, um, it's not common that's territory. Great, Alan, that's a great point. It's the first time I've heard anybody make that point today. People don't realize, and those of us in business do, fans want to win a lot more than players do. Mm -hmm. And and almost universally, players, they play for money, they play for business, they play for their families, they play for summer vacations. You know, the fans, with very few exceptions, on a general, on a night-to-night basis, fans want to win more than players do, except for Kobe. Nobody wanted to win more than Kobe did. No fan to want to win one Kobe did. My, he, and he was so, un, he, he would refuse to settle for mediocrity such that the name of my, I'm going to tell you the name of my, I mean, I'm in his fantasy basketball league with Trudell and a bunch of the guys around the Lakers. And I've been in it for like 10 years and I'm always, I'm terrible, but I'm in it. And my team name is Pluto AC. Do you have any idea why, why I call it that? No, why is that? When Kobe Bryant was mad at, at the Lakers in 2007, remember the great quote he gave me? I'd rather play in Pluto than play for the Lakers if they're not going to get to make it make a trade. And what did they do? Who did they get? They went out and Pau got Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol, mm-hmm. and they got two championships. Mm-hmm. End of story. So yeah, um, yeah, my team was named Kobe, named Pluto AC. So yeah, um, he was un uncompromising in everything he did, and that's what that's why he ended up winning a, uh, an Emmy. You can't you can't put it any better way. I mean, honestly, you can't. Um, you know, he strived for greatness. He expected greatness, and there is something to that. You know, he set a bar um, that no matter what happens. Uh, of course, uh, you know, we when we talk about sports, we have to be reminded, and unfortunately, sometimes we get reminded in moments like this that it's just a game, right? This is not real life. It, it is real life, but it's it is a game that. When the game is over, that's real life after that. Um, and just to 
kind of be sitting here now and listening to you tell some of these stories or listening to you the way he raised the bar in L.A., I couldn't agree more. I mean, you're 100% right. And and we sit here with a microphone in front of us or whatever the case is, and we're talking sports. And why didn't this coach do this? And why didn't that player do that? Do you hear this? How many? How much have you heard people scream about the Lakers the last few years, Alan? I've been, I've been, I've been screaming with them. Years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you would have done this 20 years ago. But now he set the tone. I mean, he, 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 he said trade him to a extraterrestrial planet <laughs> and, play for the, and play for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted. That's a tough day, Bill. I mean, I, I don't know how other, no other yeah. way to put it. I mean, it really is. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's listening to stories and listening to somebody like yourself who uh, has so many personal stories. Um, what what will you remember most when uh, when somebody asks you about Kobe Bean Bryant? What, what will you remember most? The last thing is, I remember, you know, he didn't, he didn't have an entourage. Players today, and even when when he played, they all have business associates and trainers and hairstylists and you know, just just all kinds of people around them. He he traveled alone, hmm. so after games, he'd get dressed, do his interviews, walk out to the uh, as a locker room, and walk down the tunnel to to his car by himself every night. Hmm. So I said, "What the hell?" And I started walking with him. <laughs> And we talked every night. We would sit and talk just about life and about the team. And, you know, and he just, he was so uncompromising. If somebody was screwing up, he'd tell me. If somebody wasn't giving 100%, he'd say it. He had no patience for anything, you know, other than, you know, and I tried to, I tried to look for, try to get him to be, to be easy on somebody. Hey, well, this guy's, this guy's a nice guy. It doesn't matter doesn't play hard it doesn't matter hmm. or, or or you know we're going to be better guarantee we're going to make a move here you watch because we're not selling for this he was always like that walking out but he was always by himself and i'll never forget i think his until really recently into later years his demanding mamba mentality made him a bit of an i made him quite a bit of a loner until his later years because you know, he couldn't be around anybody because nobody could care as much as he did. So I thought it was fascinating. You walk out with Shaquille O'Neal and there's a party. Mm. He's a walking party. You walk out with players today and you see it over there, Alan. Players are always with people. Kobe never went always by himself. It was all business, you know, all, all business. That's how yeah, we treated he uh, all the time. Yeah. Bill, are, are you, um, when, when you see the outpouring, um, you know, obviously this is, uh, this is such a global story. Um, what does it, what does it make you think of when you think of his impact on not just not just the game but outside of the game? Um, how big Kobe really was. I think we say that LA grew up with him. I think the world grew up with him mm-hmm. because he's the first athlete we saw coming out seventeen year old until now, and he's been through so many ups and downs. I think he relates not just to basketball fans but to people, the screw ups the frustrating things. Remember, people forget. There's so much people forget. And they all know about what happened in Colorado and all that stuff. But they forget this guy had a press conference to apologize to his wife. Hmm. I sat there in front of him. He had a press conference to apologize to his wife. Think about that, Alan. 
think about that. And everybody made fun of him. Do anybody have do anything like that today? No. You know, he he was he he grew up in front of our eyes, with all the pains and turmoil and struggles, and growing pains and immaturities and everything, and uh, and ended up you know bringing the city you know those five championships, and it would have been a lot more if he if he and Shaquille could have gotten along, or if they had made him get along. That's a whole other story, but um, yeah, it just he relates. Everyone can relate to him, I think, because everyone was with him every step of the way, just like I was. Bill, um, greatly appreciate you doing this. Thank you for uh, for hopping on, giving us your thoughts, and uh, um, to read a really, really, really touching and a great article. Go to the LA Times, uh, Bill Plaschke, uh, obviously writing about uh, Kobe's passing today. Thanks, brother, for hanging there. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Um, all right, more of your guys' uh, phone calls we come back. I know we got a lot of... Uh, a lot of callers that want to uh, be a part of the show. So when we come back, we'll dedicate uh, as much time as possible to uh, hearing from uh, from fans out there. Uh, this is seven ten ESPN. All right, I do want to take more of uh, more of your guys' phone calls. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki put out a tweet. Mamba, this is hitting me really hard. I always remember coming home after games so I could watch you dominate in the fourth quarter. You inspired so many around the world, including me. You will always be missed. You will always be remembered. You will always be loved. Rest in peace with your angel, Gigi. Uh, deepest sympathies to Vanessa, the girls, and uh, all the friends and families of the lives lost today. So that's uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Um, you know, I, I was um, I was very uh, curious isn't the right word, but I, I was glad to talk to Bill Plaschke of the LA Times um, just He's got such a long history of obviously um, covering so many of the teams in Los Angeles. And one thing really stuck out to me, just kind of the way he said that Kobe raised the bar in L.A. No, it wasn't okay um, to not be competing for an NBA championship. And it's not, you know, when I say that, I'm not referencing to just literally what happens on the baseball field or what happens on the football field or what happens on the basketball court. But the mentality of if you're going to go out there, if you're going to be out there, you got to be the best. You got to be competing to be the best, and that's uh, that's a that's a great way to put it. You know that he wasn't just carrying the Los Angeles Lakers, um, but he set a standard for LA where it wasn't okay um, to to not be competing for a championship. I mean, we've spent the last six years talking about it. Why aren't the Lakers competing for one? Um, this is happening and that's happening. And a lot of that, I, I think there's a lot of truth to what, you know, Bill was saying, that there was a bar that was set and that bar is to be uh, to be great. And that's something that is a mentality way past anything from a sports perspective. So I appreciate uh, Bill Plaschke uh, uh, hopping on and joining us. Um, Derek in Riverside, you're on 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Derek. Derek, you there, buddy? Uh, Patrick in L.A. Patrick, you're on 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Patrick. Finally together enough to talk. What I was going to say was, you know, Bill was one of those people, you as know as I do, You, I'm 34, so that, that age of, of idolizing Kobe and, and watching KCAL 9, you know, people under, understand that those of us that have that childhood 
idol and, and 82 games every year we got to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd open the LA Times back then, and you, Bill Blasey was that guy that held Kobe accountable. And I sent, must have been 50 emails to Bill Plasche of like, this is why you're wrong, defending Kobe, defending mm-hmm. Kobe, defending Kobe. And to see that perspective of like where their relationship went, not that Bill was a hater of Kobe, I that he could do no wrong. And, and I, I remember, I must be like, you know, 19 years ago, I must have called Mason in Ireland and said, so what would you do for Lakers? And I said, you know, I, I would uh, fly under oath for Kobe. I'll never forget that. But Kobe made Laker fans become Kobe fans almost to a point where it wasn't even just the Lakers. You were a Kobe fan, and it started fights on the playground. You defended Kobe, and, and you know, we were spoiled in the sense that, you know, we didn't know any better. We felt like if you play for our team, this is what it is. You killed yourself. People talk about, oh, he walked on his Achilles. It's nothing what Kobe went through. Torn knees, torn labrums, broken fingers, like, they, they, ESPN didn't even report on it. Kobe was so beat up all the time, and we, we, we defended him for that, and we were, we were honored. And it was, you know, Kobe. My dad passed away young, and Kobe was that guy that we could watch the game together to brought people together. And you really defended. He was our guy, and it's, uh, it, it hurts. You know, today was my son's first birthday, and it was like my wife's like, "Stop going on your phone," because she could mm-hmm. see like. I was dying on his my son's birthday, like best day ever, you know. Mm-hmm. But still dying on the inside. So my wife had to like take my phone away because I'm like, you know, reading Doc Rivers of Celtics, sure. and you see Doc Rivers crying. You're like, yeah, man, I like Doc Rivers now, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. he's showing love for your your Kobe was our son, you know, seven years older than me, or six years older than me, our son, our brother, our dad, our he was us. He's L.A. And, you know, we, we'll, we'll never, in my lifetime, I'll never get that again. That was my childhood thing. That was my MJ. You know, for my dad, that was his, he had magic. So it's, uh, you know, as a longtime caller, I wanted to at least get on and be like, thank you, know, you, you go into the things that Kobe dominated people, but whatever, Alan, I appreciate no, it. thank you. Don't let other people get their two cents. Thank you. Appreciate it. I think there's something, uh, you know, there, there, there is a, I'd say this um, when I do, my Lakers talk show, or if uh, doing a post game show, or something like that. I've always talked about. I'm like, there are there are fans out there that root for teams, and then there are fans out there that root for players. And Kobe's probably one of the first. I think that um, for Laker fans, it, there was this kind of uh, um, like Patrick was just mentioning there. They protected him more than any other uh, athlete that I can give any example of. I grew up a Laker fan, and I started watching uh, towards the end of Magic's career. And as the Lakers went through some tough years, and it was Eddie Jones. I never saw Magic win an NBA championship, but it was the Eddie Jones and the Cedric Sabalos and Van Exel, and you keep going. And then Kobe Bryant gets drafted in 1996, and Derek Fisher gets drafted that year as well, and Shaquille O'Neal comes in as a free agent. And then, you know, obviously uh, four years of not winning an NBA championship, and, and you remember Kobe's, um, you remember those air balls against the Utah Jazz. Lakers keep just kind of trying to figure it out. And then they start winning NBA championships. And then Shaq is gone, and you have years where you're not winning. 
and then back at it, like Plasky mentioned. Get me some talent. Lakers winning more championships with Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant. He plays 20 years for the Los Angeles Lakers, and we don't see that in sports. We don't see somebody have that much success uh, for one franchise and stay with a franchise for that long. So it is deeper for Laker fans than it is you know, with other players. I've said this all the time. I've said that he was the greatest Laker of all time. And my favorite player was Magic growing up. But I said he was the greatest Laker of all time because 20 years with the purple and gold. Rolling up his sleeves every single night and going to work. Like Plasky mentioned, no friends. Came in, all business. Like Patrick was just saying, um, all he cared about was, you know, winning on that basketball court. And that's what you respected. It is a different connection with Kobe and others. And to have... You know, to see that news today and, you know, the, the obviously the tragedy, him and his daughter, I mean, and and other people obviously involved in that helicopter crash as well. This is devastating news. Absolutely devastating news. This is, um, I truly believe this will be one of those days where you'll remember uh, where you were, what you were doing, because uh, we lost... Uh, we lost a true, true legend uh, today. Um, Gina in Gardena. Gina, you're on uh, 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Gina. Hi. I uh, had the opportunity to work with Kobe at his camp and designed his uh, basketball products. And the one thing I loved about Kobe is that he loved kids. And I've been crying all morning when I heard the news because I'm getting a lot of emails and Facebook messengers from the kids in the Philippines, I was able to go and bring some, some homeless and underserved kids. Uh, Cause Kobe gave me 10 scholarships and I brought them there. And I remember there was this one boy, Vincent, he was crying cause he was so homesick. And I remember Kobe just getting on his knee and saying, Vincent, it's going to be okay. Do you want to come and watch a movie with me in my room? And I just said, wait a second, this is, this is Kobe Bryant asking someone to go watch a movie in his in his room. And right there showed me how humble he was. And I remember um, there was another boy there. His name was Danger. And he was in foster care. And he went to the camp. And he didn't have any shoes. He was playing in house slippers. Mm-hmm. And Kobe just said, Gina, can you go get him some shoes? Mm-hmm. So I ran down, you know, to Nike and got him some shoes. But it just showed how much, how detailed he was. And he remembered the kids' names, which I was kind of like, wait, there's a thousand kids here. How, how does Kobe remember their names? Like, he studied all those kids. And he said... And he specifically studied them and kind of helped them and gave them a vision on where they could go and what they could be. So I'm truly grateful for just, you know, um, just Kobe and how he was an example. And he was a great father. He brought uh, Natalia and Gigi with him at the camp, and I just saw his interaction with them. And one of my fondest memories with Kobe was just eating in and out in the back room. Mm -hmm. And I just said, you know what? He's just a humble, nice person who loves to, you know, 
he makes a lot of money, but he gives a lot of money to help kids. So I'm, I'm truly grateful. It truly, I'm devastated and, um, I'm devastated for Vanessa and the girls just had a seven month old girl that, you know, she won't know her dad, but I know that she will just, I just hope that people will just, you know, stand up and, and just really copy what he did and do the good things that he did. And I'm just, um, truly grateful that I had a chance to work with him. Gina, I appreciate you calling in and telling those stories. Um, you know, those are behind-the-scenes stories that uh, not a lot of people obviously know about. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, who grew up uh, right here in Los Angeles, California, on what uh, Kobe meant to him. thing I've, I've learned basketball-wise from Kobe, what he meant to the game, the inspiration that he brought to the world. Um, not just that, um, a starter. I'm a father. Um, I can't imagine something like that, you know, happening. I mean, it's, it's a sad, sad, very sad, sad day. Tomorrow, you even had shoes designed off the influence of Kobe. What did he mean to you personally as a player growing up? Everything. Everything. I wouldn't, everything I learned um, came from Kobe. Um, everything take Kobe away I wouldn't be here I wouldn't have love I wouldn't have depression to drive um, you know everything everything came from that's uh, forward DeMar DeRozan of the San Antonio Spurs there's been uh, obviously a incredible outpouring from athletes from fans from legends presidents I mean you name it um Somebody has had something to say about uh, Kobe Bryant, had something to say about his daughter, had something to say about his family, had something to say about uh, all those that were affected in uh, this morning's helicopter crash. Um, Steve in Irvine. Steve, you're on um, You're on 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, good evening. I got a great story. Hopefully it will uplift everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of training at American Sports Center over the last uh, several years. And four or five years ago, Kobe would show up in the morning. Every morning, four or five years ago during the summer, about 6 a.m., with uh, Jeremy Lin and uh, Swaggy P. And I was doing some training with some guys from Harvard University um, a couple courts over. And Kobe came by one morning. He would get there at 6 a.m. They would finish up about 8 a.m. He came by, and uh, one of my guys I was training was doing some jab steps from the short corner left side. And Kobe walks by. This is a great story. Hopefully it's uplifting. He said, if you're using my moves, you better wear my shoes and my player uh, Wesley Saunders from Harvard was wearing KDs, and the joke was he didn't have Kobe Bryant's shoes on. Kobe walked by. He said, if you're using my moves, you better wear my shoes. He laughed, and he kept walking. He was on his way out from the training that early morning, and nicest guy in the world. He was so friendly to everyone. I'm, I'm here in Newport Beach, Irvine area. We see him all around. Greatest guy in the world. So I, I wanted to share that story. 
that he uh, he was involved in the community, Newport Beach, Irvine, Anaheim area for so long. People came up to him, greatest guy in the world, and and uh, we're all so devastated here in the basketball community. And uh, my my prayers go out to his family. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing that story. Phone number is eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Tony in Orange County. Tony, you're on uh, seven ten ESPN. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, thanks for taking my call. It's mm-hmm. uh, been such a crazy day trying to process all this, but um, you know, I just wanted to. Uh, I mean, he, he we embraced him on SoCal because he was so authentic, but he inspired us all to just give it our all. And uh, you know, he helped me get through the bar exam. I mean, I, I grew up watching him and going to law school. I just knew I wasn't maybe as smart as my peers, but one thing I shouldn't do is I shouldn't get outworked by them and. You know, I kept the candle burning at nights, but for the bar exam, you know, I, I had a calendar down, and every day I'd put how many hours I'd work, and I'd, it, it had to be at least like six to eight for studying, like two months straight, and I put, did I feel like I worked hard enough to give it my best? I put a yes or no on that day, and uh, I was inspired to do that because I was watching Kobe clips to get me through those crazy long hours of studying. Like, I was just reading sto- stories of Kobe just going out to the desert during the Olympics on those biking excursions and giving it his all. I was watching clips on YouTube of his commercials of just like beasting it in the gym. And, you know, I just, I just didn't want to get outworked. And I took a huge inspiration for that. And, you know, sure enough, I, I breezed through that bar exam and passed it, you know, because I, I worked so I put, I put so many damn hours in it and felt like, Hey, you miss 10 shots. The left one's going to go in. Well, you know, every any any question that comes up, if I get it wrong, I'm going to feel like it's it's not wrong. I'm just going to give it my all. And I mean, that man just inspired me to work hard throughout. And um, you know, it's just it's just a sad day. Sad day, Tony. It's an incredibly sad day. And you know, it is kind of interesting hearing from so many um, fans that respect and appreciate his work ethic. You know, I guess sometimes we just get locked into just the sports part of it. You watch a game. Did the Lakers win? Did they lose? Uh, give them credit if they won. Find something to complain about if they lost. And then go call it a day. And we forget what one individual, um, how he can impact somebody so much further than the basketball court. You know, everybody has their own whys. Everybody has their own purpose in life. What What is... Why do you get up in the morning or what is it that drives you? Um, it's amazing to hear these stories. It really is because these are obviously genuine phone calls. And if I had a hundred lines going at once, uh, we couldn't keep up with how many people are trying to call in right now. And it is amazing to hear these stories because the impact that somebody can have, like somebody mentions there, uh, passing his par- bar exam, he gives credit because the drive that Kobe had on the basketball court, he wanted to replicate that with his profession, with what he's doing. And there's been obviously a ton of people who have kind of had similar stories like that, whether it's a personal story you had about Kobe Bryant or was Kobe just inspiring you. uh, I'm sure that those stories um, will only continue. Um, Tom and Rosetta, you're on uh, on 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Tom and Rosita, you're on, buddy. Go ahead. Tom, oh, awesome. Is that me? Hey. Um, so I'm honestly 
pretty much very similar to what was just being talked about. I'm a musician, I'm a trumpet player, and one of my greatest influences in my life is Kobe, um, despite the fact that he's not a musician. Just as was said before, he has this tenacity just to get up and go and work at anything. And I feel like the reason that there are so many people across so many disciplines coming out to speak about support about Kobe is because when you're a craftsman, when you're working towards mastering something, regardless of what it is, you're going to look towards other people who have achieved greatness in any field to draw inspiration from. And when you talk about achieving greatness, I think Kobe stands out as one of the greatest examples of someone who can truly throw all of their being into achieving something. And you know, I think a lot of us who grew up watching him play and then kind of following him after the end of his career know that if Kobe set his mind to accomplishing anything, he would get it. Just like in the way when he would go up for a shot that seemed impossible, mm-hmm. right? Any other player taking that shot, you're like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't do that, right? But you watch Kobe do that, and you're like, here it goes, right? That's going in. And then, boom, goes in. Everybody goes nuts. Fans on the opposing team are shaking their heads like, what just happened? That They knew it was coming, you know. And that's a result of that time that he put in. And those superhuman feats, those are things that people who are like artists, performers, chefs, like anyone is trying to achieve just a glimpse of that greatness, right? And it's so sad to lose him today because I, for one, was extremely excited to see what was coming next because I had no doubt that whatever he was going to do, he was going to get there. And of course, extremely sad to hear about his daughter who was looking to be such a a bright future star for basketball and for his wife and his remaining daughters. So just so sad. Um, Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, man. Um, The whole thing is just devastating. The whole thing is, Um, you know, we, uh, we look at Kobe and we have a, we have an image of Kobe. And we our, our image of Kobe um, naturally is what he accomplished with the Lakers. But as a husband and as a father, um, of course, that was you know his most important duty. And uh, that's that to me is always going to be the the most difficult thing to swallow. Um, and just everyone, every family member, anybody that was associated with that helicopter crash, like I, I know, of course there's going to be so much attention um, that goes to the icon, but just, just a devastating story any way you look at it. And um, to lose Kobe Bryant and to lose um, his daughter at age 13 and everyone else that was a part of that crash, just way too early, way too early. Um, Garen in Irvine. Garen, you're on uh, 710 ESPN. Go ahead, Garen. Yeah, uh, thank you uh, for taking my call. Um, I was, uh, someone texted me today and told me this, and I pulled over, you know, my car, and I was like, there's no way this is real. And I just started sobbing, Um, 31 years old, so I got to watch quite a few good years of Kobe, and the story that I wanted to share that really talks about the kind of person he was. Um, I got word that he was going to be at Modern Day High School, and he was taking his uh, team there that he coaches, uh, to go watch the girls play there. And um, 
I just I, I didn't even pay attention for a second to the game. I just was staring at him the entire time because mm-hmm. that was like my idol mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And, um, you know, he was over there and there were security guards around him. And at the end of the game or the entire game, I just kept thinking, how am I going to go and get in front of him and get a picture with him? Like, I will not be this close to him again. I'm going to make it happen. And uh, I ended up, you know, because I know the campus really well, I ended up sneaking around the backside of the pool and he was coming around the opposite side that held all the, the crowd at the door. And it was literally just him, the two securities, his daughter, Gigi. Um, it was the four of them walking. And I, I didn't even know what to say. I just said, Kobe, I've been biggest fan of yours for years. You're the reason why I'm a Laker fan. And, uh, I, you know, do you mind if we take a photo? He goes, oh, not at all. He goes, but you know what? I know the two security guards here. They're dying to ask me for a photo as well. So once you're done taking a photo with me, would you mind taking one, mm. you know, with them as well? And uh, to me, that just really stood out for the kind of guy that he was and um, kind of a surreal moment there. I, I still am waiting for somebody to tell me that this isn't real. Um, but, you know, Laker Nation will never be the same again. Um, I'm going to the game on Tuesday and, um, you know, really looking forward to, to honoring, you know, what I consider to be the best athlete all time in uh and NBA history, and I'm not being biased, but that's really what I think. Thank you, Garen. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, listen, I, I would agree with you. Lakers Nation uh, will never be the same. You know, it it can't. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that. It can't be the same. How is it supposed to be the same? You know, Kobe Bryant, um, he is a Los Angeles Lakers. He is the blueprint of the foundation of, of what you hope every athlete is for any team that you root for. Somebody that cares um, so much and, you know, a a lot of fans out there put their own uh, money into getting out to games, to buying the league passes, um, to buying the merchandise. Fans care. When you have a player like Kobe that uh, wanted to win as much as you did, yeah, I, I I'm not going to argue that one at all. It, it's uh, we lost something today um, that's much bigger than basketball. We lost somebody today that is uh, an icon and a legend. And look, you could just tell, uh, gauge these last eight nine hours of what's gone on. Um, this loss has has this is a loss that has uh, it, personally it's it shook not just in L.A., not not just here uh, in the United States. This is a global, global loss and a very, very difficult one for uh, for a ton of people to, uh, to swallow. Um, Jerry West, who obviously drafted um, Kobe Bryant and was a big part of uh, building that, that Franchise that included Shaq and and Jerry West, or um, uh, Kobe Bryant and Derek Fisher and um, eventually Robert Ory and Rick Fox. Um, we're going to hear from him when he comes back or when we come back, and we'll uh, obviously just get his thoughts on uh, on uh, today's tragedy. Stay right here. This is seven ten ESPN.